I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. My friend's mom is a big backpacker. In the 80s, she hiked a pretty large portion of the. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Pacific Crest Trail. On some of her trips she would go solo. This was one of those trips. She was out there for a little over a week, just hiking and taking pictures and camping along the trail. Anyway, trip goes off without a hitch and she had a great time. Now mind you, this was back before digital cameras, so after she got back from her trip she went to get her film developed. She got her pictures back and was looking through them when suddenly her heart dropped. Amongst the pictures she took of all the great landscapes were multiple pictures taken at night of her sleeping. Remember, she was solo on the trip. Someone had seen her on the trail, snuck into her camp at night and took pictures of her while she slept. For some reason I want to say there were pics from multiple places she stayed, like the dude had been following her, but I might be making that part up. She never went solo again. I always try to lean towards a logical explanation. A couple years ago my hunting partner and I were doing some bear hunting about 6 miles in and a long way off trail. He slept in a hammock and I was in a tent. I woke up to him screaming at something to get the F out of here and then the sound of him running off into the woods. 
I immediately thought about how ballsy he was to chase something off into the dark like that. Then he yelled at me from his sleeping spot to get out there with my pistol and light. I was out there in seconds and he was tangled in his mummy bag and hammock, rifle in hand and ghost white. There was someone standing over me and I saw their silhouette. They ran when I yelled. This was like 2am and we never found any trace of anyone the next day. I know what I heard definitely was running on two legs. My buddy used to be the kind of guy that did a bunch of solo backpacking but now he won't go into the woods overnight alone. I'm am not the person who saw the creature. I am reporting what a co-worker has told me. I believe what he says. My co-worker and his son were archery hinting in Northeast Oregon. They walked to the end of a ridge overlooking a small sparsely forested valley. As he was looking over the valley for game he saw a tree, which had fallen and was leaning over another fallen tree. He said the tree was pointed up at about a 30 degree angle. He saw that something had just moved the tree, he said it was bouncing pretty good. He figured a bear was trying to get at grubs that sometimes live in rotting wood. He and his son decided to make their way closer to the tree to catch a glimpse of the animal making the tree move. As they were making their way towards for the tree they heard something behind them. The noise came from where they just were. He turned around to see what made the noise. As he turned he saw what he thought was another hunter about 60 yards to their right walking across an open hillside. My co-worker blew on his cow call to get the figure's attention. The figure totally ignored him. He blew on the call again but still the figure ignored him. At this point he was annoyed that another would not acknowledge him, so he decided to walk in the figure's direction. He said as he walked towards the figure it bolted and ran into the timber. My co-worker ran to where the figure went into the timber. He figures the figure was only 30 yards from him when he stopped where he last saw it. The figure then ran, my co-worker ran after it. He said he could hear it running through the brush and trees. Whatever it was it sounded heavy. He figured he ran about 50 yards after it. When he stopped running the thing was at least 100 yards ahead of him and still running. It was making a lot of noise going through the brush and trees. At first he didn't realize what he saw. He figured it was Hunter in full camouflage. Then he realized the Hunter wasn't carrying a bow or any other type of hunting equipment and he said there was no way a man could move that fast through that kind of brush and trees. He also says it made too much noise as it was running. After he realized it was a Bigfoot he and his son went back to look for tracks or any other evidence. There were no actual tracks, just torn up pine needles and busted limbs. The only other thing they found was a semi-fresh dead elk that looked like it had been eaten on by some animal. We have talked about this incident numerous times. He believes what he saw was a Bigfoot. He figures the Bigfoot that made the down tree move. It most likely winded him or saw him and it circled around behind him and his son. He said he had just relieved himself before he saw the tree moving. He thinks the Bigfoot circled back around him, got a good smell of the urine, and decided to leave the area. Since he and his son were in full camouflage, he thinks the Bigfoot didn't see him as it walked across the open hillside. Once he moved the Bigfoot saw him and tried to get out of sight. It was blackish brown in color. This is a second event and was told to me by another co-worker who was hunting in the same general area. I'm not sure of the year. It was within a year of the other co-worker's sighting. According to my co-worker he and a friend were in their tent trying to sleep. He said at around midnight he and his friend were awoken by a loud noise that started out as a low growl and gained pitch until it sounded like a scream. He said the noise would happen at about 20 seconds intervals. He said whatever was making the noise was making its way past the camp. He guesses it was between 50 and 75 yards away from the camp, skirting the campsite. It continued making the noise until it got about 200 yards away. Then it stopped making the noise. My coworker said it sounded like whatever was making the noise was mad that someone was in its territory and was trying to scare them away. They were the only people in the area. The nearest groups of hunters were camped about five miles away. 
These two individuals would like to be kept confidential. I will ask the individual who saw and chased the Bigfoot if he will let me give you his name. I have every reason to believe he saw a Bigfoot. Neither person I talked to notified anybody about what they encountered. In fact, the individual who saw the Bigfoot didn't say anything to anyone for about a year. I will get the exact location and date of the first sighting and relay it to you later. I was excited when my friends invited me on a camping trip to a remote area of the woods. It was going to be a fun adventure and a chance to disconnect from the stresses of everyday life. But as soon as we arrived, I felt a sense of unease that I couldn't shake. One of my friends, Jake, was of Native American descent, and he warned us about the legend of the Skinwalker, a shape-shifting creature that was said to haunt these woods. But the rest of us brushed it off as just a scary story and didn't take his warning seriously. As night fell, we settled into our tents and started a campfire. We laughed and told stories, trying to enjoy ourselves, but I couldn't shake the feeling that something was watching us. That's when we heard the first strange noise outside our tent. It was a low growl, unlike anything I'd ever heard before. My heart began to race as the growling grew louder and more persistent. Jake's face turned white as he whispered, it's the skinwalker. I told you we shouldn't have come here. Suddenly, we heard the sound of something scratching at the side of our tent. We held our breath, waiting for whatever it was to make its next move. And then, with a deafening roar, the skinwalker attacked. It tore through our tent with razor-sharp claws, scattering our belongings and sending us running for our lives. We fled into the darkness, trying to find our way back to civilization. But the skinwalker was relentless, chasing us through the woods with supernatural speed and agility. One by one, my friends fell to the creature's attacks, leaving me alone and terrified. I knew I had to face the skinwalker head-on if I wanted to survive. With nothing but a small knife in my hand, I stood my ground and prepared to fight. The skinwalker emerged from the shadows, towering over me with its twisted form and glowing eyes. In that moment, I realized the true horror of the skinwalker legend. It wasn't just a scary story, it was a warning. And now, I was facing the consequences of ignoring that warning. With a burst of adrenaline, I lunged forward and plunged my knife into the creature's heart. It let out a blood-curdling scream and collapsed to the ground, defeated. But my victory was short-lived. As I made my way back to civilization, I realized that the skinwalker had cursed me. I could feel its dark magic coursing through my veins, transforming me into a creature of the night. And now, I am the new skinwalker, doomed to roam these woods for all eternity, stalking unsuspecting campers and seeking my next victim. A few years ago, I was bow hunting the edge of a bean field in central Oklahoma. First night of the season that I had made it out and the first time I had hunted this location. 20 minutes before dark I have several does feed right out of the woods underneath my stand. They continue to feed right up until dark and I of course am listening for a buck to crunch leaves behind them. Right as it gets almost too dark to shoot, I notice the does get super nervous just suddenly at something across the field. We all know this is normal for a group of does but they had been chill the entire 20 minutes or so I had watched them. I'm looking around for a buck or maybe a coyote. After 30 seconds or so, the does completely lose it and haul out of there. Just as I'm thinking man that is weird, I see a brown figure leaping from the back corner of this 60 acre field and clearing 3-4 rows of beans at a time. My mind is wondering how in the world a coyote could do that as it's heading straight towards where the does ran into the woods. As the figure crossed closest to me at probably 80 yards, I realized that it was a long-tailed cat. I had never seen one in person at this time ah but they are extremely rare in that area. I went from casually thinking it was a coyote to wondering how the heck was I gonna get back to my truck in the dark. I decided to carry a firearm while archery hunting after that day. This was a few years ago in my old house. 
around Halloween. One day I, 43 male, was home alone in my house. I have a wife three kids and a dog. I'm in my basement cutting wood and working, when all of a sudden I hear thumping on the ceiling above me, first level floor. It's rhythmic and almost perfectly in beat. I'm a handyman and do lot of my own fixing and know the usual sound houses make. This was not usual. I start to follow the thumping around the first floor. It's as if someone, thing, is walking around. I call out my wife's name, no answer, my kids, no answer. Just soft moaning, that is getting louder, with the thumps. My dog is with me in the basement and following the sound with me with his tail straight up. Completely silent. This was weird because I have a loud, jumpy dog. I then slowly follow the thumping to the steps, and I hear a weak old woman's voice calling for Jimmy, not my name, but my name does start with a J, over and over. Ignoring my hello as she keeps walking around my first floor, calling out, moaning, thumping. I grab my dog by the collar and leave out the basement door and walk around the outside of my house. Worth noting I've had a lot of weird supernatural things happen in my life, especially around Halloween, but could feel this was different. Very different, I go up to the street and there is a younger couple calling out for someone, let's say Nancy for the sake of this. I go up to them and say are you Jimmy? The young guy looks at me and simultaneous relief and confusion crossed his face. He tells me that's his dad's name but he passed years ago. Turns out Nancy was his mom with some kind of mental issue. She snuck out of their house up the road. Her family lived in my house before we did, didn't know that, and she was having some kind of episode. Went looking for her husband in her home. Oh also she has a wooden leg. Don't know the story, but that was the thumping. We got her home safely and I also double locked my doors from that point on. Story 1. Myself and three other guys were sitting in camp just after the holidays getting stuff set up for the crew to come in the next week. The camp was in the middle of nowhere in the inlets of the west coast of British Columbia. Phillips armed to be exact. Anyways all of us were in the camp house just finished dinner and playing some crib having drinks. All of a sudden we hear the door of the camp house close and a male voice say hello. All of us heard it spooked as hell we all investigate. Find no trace of anyone in the camp. The only way in was by boat or plane. Second story. Not mine heard from a few old timers I've worked with. Back in the 80s they were logging an old growth site on Indian land. One mechanic found an old Indian grave in a hollowed out cedar. Decided to take the skull and bring it back to the shop. Everyone told him to bring it back to where he found it which he did. A few days later he was working underneath a jacked up fat truck and the jacks let go and crushed him dead. I've been into lots of Indian areas on the coast and have had the hairs on my neck stand up multiple times. Hiked into a lake one time and had boulders being thrown into a lake and howling going on. We got the F out of there pretty quick. I've read a few native folklore books about the coast and they can't be wrong with what I've seen and heard through the years. My son was riding a four-wheeler in the mountains. While riding up a steep trail, he came across a very strong odor, a cross between a bear and a skunk, but much more obnoxious. Unlike that of a bear or a dead carcass. We are avid, knowledgeable hunters aware of our environment and the habits and smells of animals. When something is very different and out of the ordinary, we take note of it. The odor was gone on his return trip down the trail, a steep road to a tower. He said the odor, being so strong and obnoxious, made him feel a little scared, knowing that it wasn't the usual and that we are aware of the existence of such creatures as Bigfoot, though having not seen one. The weather was cool and a nice riding day. It was sometime early spring or summer, possibly around April, and in a mountainous area of few roads but where there was a rocky road going up to a lookout tower. It was steep terrain and tall timber, and the road is not used except by those using the tower. 
In 2017 I was an undergrad, living with three other students in a rough student house in a big city. For context on the layout of the house, this will be beneficial for the story. My bedroom was the only one on the ground floor beside the front door and opposite the kitchen. We only had a front door and front windows, no back door. My bed was in the middle of the room, the bottom of the bed was facing the bedroom door. There were three floors in total, two bedrooms on the second floor, and another bedroom and sitting room on the third floor. One June evening we all decided to head out, with a few other friends who came round for pre-drinks, for a big drunken night out in town to simultaneously celebrate end of exams, my 21st birthday, and one big last hurrah before everyone went back home or went traveling for the summer. I'm not a huge clubber, so me and my then boyfriend were ready to go home at around 1-1.30 am. We hitched an Uber back, drunkenly got a takeaway, and passed out in bed around 2-2.30 am. At 4.30 am we were both jolted awake by one of my housemates slamming open the door with we've been robbed. We rubbed our eyes in bewilderment as neither of us had woken up and thought she was playing some horrible prank. Surely given our proximity to the front door we would have heard something? We walked up the stairs to discover the upstairs rooms were largely ransacked and items missing. Everyone's electricals that weren't on them were gone, like laptops, iPads, cameras. Passports were gone, and my housemate's weed stash was taken. A baseball cap from the girl whose room was on the third floor was found in another person's bedroom on the second floor, meaning the intruder wore the cap and took it off as he slashed they proceeded through the house. It then hit me, what about my room? I raced downstairs to check my belongings, and discovered that my handbag at the bottom of the bed was missing, and my ex's phone and wallet that were also at the bottom of the bed was taken. My laptop was on the bedside table beside me and was untouched. The intruders managed to break open the front door, go through the entire house, ransack rooms looking for things to steal, and actually open the door of the bedroom we were sleeping in to take things right in front of the bed we were in. And we never woke up to any of it. To say I was shook when I found out what happened was an absolute understatement. The police came to take our statements and file a report but nothing ever came of it. To this day I am still super uneasy to go to bed in an empty house after that night. I am forever thankful that we never woke up in the middle of the robbery, or that I went home alone that night, because the outcome could have been very different. Myself and my two cousins were out hunting. I had met up with my younger cousin and we both hiked up to an old logging road. We then heard a very loud scream come from across a valley. It was about a mile or so across and the scream seemed so loud at first I thought that some lady was screaming for help or something. The screaming lasted for just a short time, maybe 30-45 seconds or so. I asked my cousins what that sound was and they said they have never heard it before even though they have hunted these woods for about 7 years now. I then remembered that I read in a book that Sasquatch sometimes make a loud screaming noise. I still do not know exactly what made that noise. So I started at college in September 2022. It was so great because I'm a little strange and realized I was around more people who liked art and were a little strange. It was nice at the start but obviously a little awkward at times. There was a couple people I felt I clicked with straight away and there were various people I would sometimes talk to in class. I was kind of finding a couple of these talks especially with this one girl. She had an accent that would fluctuate between American, British and kind of Swiss, were in England. I don't know it was something that I would fixate on cause I have ADHD. At first I figured she may have autism but obviously I couldn't know before. Time went on and we started all talking together on a big table which was all good until there were controversial topics coming up from the girl. Over time she would continue to share more unpopular opinions she had such as transgender people her views on men as a whole and many more things that in this day and age obviously became an extremely uncomfortable conversation. I was beginning to get really distracted by all of this and was slipping behind and the deadline was soon. 
I decided to message this girl to just ask her if we could maybe stop the provocation of crazy debates. She took it kinda well I'm not really sure she just said okay I get that. I felt really bad and tried to reassure her that she wasn't doing anything wrong really and it was just distracting me and my friends and no one else was gonna say it. I'm often quite forward and communicative in bad situations. She then messaged me about two weeks later saying saying I was attacking her beliefs and how I've made her feel completely ostracized. After this, in school we didn't talk. Although she would come up to my friends and call them bestie and whatnot. It was really awkward. Then, a group of three friends in my class told me she told one of them, who was trans themselves, that she wanted to know what it would be like to stab someone and that she probably could if she got angry enough. I was pretty creeped out and we started to see things on her social media suggesting she was immensely transphobic and was a radicalized feminist. We reported this to the college and they said they would speak to her. The next week, she came up to me and sort of confronted me about reporting her calling me selfish and was laughing in my face, I told her I really just don't want to be surrounded with this much hate and that my classmates are beginning to feel unsafe around you so I want you to leave. Okay it was a little mean but I got so mad. A couple days later she was regularly being pulled into meetings about the reports. On the Friday, she was called into a mediation meeting with the transgender people in the class with teachers to settle the situation with communication. Right as she was pulled from the class she walks up to me while I was sitting down doing my work and whispered in my ear I will expose you and walked out. I was genuinely disturbed at this point. Luckily it was the end of term and we had a week off for things to cool down. Once we were back I found out she had been moved into a different class, safe to say I was pretty excited about this as what we were fighting for did something, they can't exactly kick her out but still a gesture. Sorry if I'm getting off track. Things really did cool off for a while and it was all good. This last week, I went into the other class as all resources are in that room and we have a tiny computer room. She was in there. Sat with my only friends in the other class, this was weird. She sat there and started crying when I came in. I left and came back a couple time cause I needed stuff you know how it is and that was the end of it. Until yesterday. I thought the issue was dealt with finally and she was blocked on all socials so she wasn't living in my mind at all. I got 14 voice messages from this girl saying her life is a mistake, then changing to she's right and then she started threatening me, at this point I started having a fully blown panic attack. The way she was speaking, with anger and intent. She was acting like an evil villain or something. I listened to the remaining 11 and she started telling me to read the scum manifesto, I have no idea someone explained PLS, she then started saying she forgives all of us but one girl that was friends with this girl's love interest she ended it by saying she was never going to be listened to and that she never thought I could do this to her and that I stabbed her in the back by lying. I haven't been back to college today and don't plan to. I think there are some serious issues going on here, I feel like she's a bomb waiting to go off. I just don't feel safe. What do you think Reddit? My brother and I found a mid-90s SUV in the woods elk hunting last year. It wasn't in a spot-eyed camp, it was more or less hidden and parked right in the trees. Walked by it two days, figuring the owner was out hunting at the time. Third day there was snow and no tracks coming or going so we checked it out. Figured 100% there'd be a body in there. No body just a bunch of belongings and trash. Called it into the county sheriff's office but never heard what came of it. Would have been a 5 mile hike to town so kinda weird. I've also had that being watched feeling. Hiking into my stand, stopped and turned on my headlamp and had narrow set I shined back from about 20 feet off the trail. I think it was a coyote but it left quietly and quickly after I turned the light on. Never got a good look at it. early autumn 1996, and I had just returned from a tour of the Falklands Islands with the RAF through a sequence of events involving my trade being civilianized by the UK Ministry of Defence, 
I knew in advance that I was being discharged almost as soon as we got back to the UK, despite only serving two years. I still lived with my parents, male 20, but they had left the day before on holiday. Important later, I got unpacked, made a couple of calls, and head straight out to see friends for the evening. We go to a quiz night, and all the teams end up swapping papers for marking purposes, school style. Accept us. Somehow, we've still got our own answers. We proceed to improve our answers as the quizmaster goes through them, and surprise surprise, we win. The prize is a bottle of white wine. Also important later, none of us touch the stuff, and I'm driving anyway, but the whole silly cheating nonsense was funny. End of the night, I drive home, and remember the security alarm was still set the way the previous owners had it. You had to go round the back to enter and get the 45 seconds window to turn off the alarm. Front door would just wake up the neighbors with alarm noise. I head around the back, and am fiddling for my door key in the dark garden, when I realize something is up. There's no reflection in the window. It takes me a second to realize there is no window. Not smashed, just not there. I spin round expecting someone behind me in the dark, but I'm alone. I become acutely aware of the winnings from the quiz night, a nice heavy weight in my hand, and I turn it over in my hand to use it like a club. I spot the window laying in the grass. It's a standard white UPVC double glazing pane in its frame. So the whole piece that moves when you open the window has been removed, no mess no damage. The careful placing of the window on the wet grass also means no fingerprints so I'm not reassured by the apparently professional approach. I turn back to the door and consider my next move. The door opens into the utility room, then the kitchen. The alarm panel is in the cupboard at the far end of the kitchen. Simple enough, except entering through the window would not have triggered the alarm. On the other hand, leaving the kitchen to enter hallway would trip the PIR sensor. So the intruder, having entered via the window, must be in the kitchen. Where the knives are. I psych myself up, unlock the door, and move quickly inside fully expecting a fight. No one. The alarm is beeping its countdown quietly because I broke the contact when I entered. I head over and switch it off, but I'm still wired, and decide I need to be sure that I'm alone in the house. I proceed to enter every room, switching on lights as I go ready to club someone with a cheap bottle of Chardonnay. I get to the last room, my parents' bedroom. I open it, light on, and the entire house goes dark. I am so psyched up for a fight, and all my movie geek brain could think was, Ripley, they cut the power. Private Hudson, what do you mean they cut the power? How could they cut the power, man? They're animals. The landline phone still worked just from the tiny voltage on the phone line, and a handset was in the bedroom, so I called the police. I wait right where I am. Fifteen minutes goes by, and they arrive. My dad was such a bloody skin flint that he'd never had all the lights on at once, and I'd tripped the fuse. It turned out that my dad had the driveway repaved, and it was taking longer than agreed. He made the fatal mistake of saying I need you to finish we're going away tomorrow. It was never proven, but I think the traveler types that did the work saw an opportunity. They apparently removed the window, and saw that I had left the spare key right there on the windowsill. A blessing in disguise, because they unlocked the door, set off the alarm and the neighbor had called my uncle. He came round, found no one there, and resecured the house without noticing the missing window. This weekend while hunting off of Salmonberry Road off Highway 26. I was looking for bear tracks on a trail that I have hunted before. Anyway, when I came out at the trail's end on one of the logging roads I decided to take a walk up the road with my fiancé. I always keep an eye on the sides of the rids for tracks to see where an animal may have crossed. Well about a half a mile up I saw a track, with very decerable toes, five, and I put my foot up next to the print, I am a size 12 and the print was about the same. The funny thing was, the print looked like the foot was broken and healed wrong, I do know that it was... 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Welcome back to Two Judgy Girls. I'm Mary from the Bay. And I'm Courtney from LA. TJG is the podcast where we spill all the tea on your favorite reality TV shows, celebrity gossip, and everything in between. We're here to bring you our unfiltered opinions, hilarious commentary, and plenty of laughs along the way. We're two SDSU Delta Gamma sisters with a microphone and a whole lot of opinions. Each week, we dive headfirst into the wild world of reality television from Bravo to all the trash TV you could want. We break down the drama, dissect the latest scandals, and share our thoughts on everything from the jaw-dropping moments to the embarrassing antics. But that's not all. We're not here to just gossip. We're here to connect with you, the jurors, and share our love of all things pop culture. Whether we're dishing on the latest celebrity breakups, discussing our favorite guilty pleasure movies, or sharing embarrassing stories from our own lives, we promise to keep it real, keep it fun, and keep you coming back for more. Come judge with us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com was not human and it definitely was not any type of animal I hunt for. My fiancé also saw this print as well. As we first hit the trail, I should mention we both heard a howl the likes of nothing I have never heard before in my life. The hair on the back of my neck stood on end. Even my fiancé said that it was the weirdest thing she ever heard. There was no noticeable odor in the air at that time. This was all in the morning at about 6.10 a.m. I will be checking this area again in about a week. I will not forget that howl or moan for as long as I live. It is Monday and I can still hear it in my head. I'm a 20 year old female. This takes place back when I used to live in Southern Indiana, like seriously, in the sticks. It was a weekend night and my best friend and I were coming home after our graveyard shift at a local waffle joint. She decided to get her dog from her house so we could stay at my place for the night. That's important later. So we start heading out into the country while I live, and to get to my house there's a long narrow dirt road you have to go down. About a mile in or so we see a truck's headlights. We get closer and it's a nice truck, probably like a 2018 at least. I can't say I know much about cars, leave me alone lol, he's parked to where he's sideways, blocking the whole path. Confused, I get out and ask if he's okay. He looked hopeful when he saw me at first I'm just waiting on a friend to come get me, my truck stuck he smiled at me and I noticed his pupils were nearly completely dilated. He looks back to my car and sees that I have someone with me, and he looks at the dog sticking his head out the window. His smile fades. He says pit bulls are mean and nasty he quickly turns around and gets back in his truck. I go back to my friend and I'm like, put this shit in reverse and use whatever hood race skills you have to get us out of here so we take my poor 95 caddy that really shouldn't be driving on a dirt road anyway and back all the way up down that road and get back to the main road. Relieved, we take a different road home. Then, lo and behold, 
The same guy is parked on that road standing off to the side smiling, just looking into our headlights. We were completely about to shit ourselves and we gunned it the rest of the way home. I don't know how he got there before us or what his intentions were, but I'm thankful I wasn't alone being my naive college girl self. So I was packed in the Gila wilderness a few miles on a solo elk hunt, this was an area that you had to pack water in so it was not a friendly place. On the 11th day of the hunt I was approaching my sawtooth TP at the end of the day and right before dark. As I neared the TP I noticed that it looked like the door was opened up, my first thought was that a bear ripped it open because there are plenty of them in this area. The hair on my neck immediately stood up, I had no side arm so I grabbed an arrow out of my quiver and continued towards my TP. To my surprise the door was not ripped open but just unzipped, I was thinking WTF. So now I am about 20 feet from the TP and the evening light had about 5 to 10 minutes left until dark. As I am looking into the TP I see movement. Then some person sits up inside. Again I was like WTF. At that point I yelled who the F are you and WTF are you doing in my TP and WTF are you doing in my sleeping bag. He replies I wasn't in your bag I was just laying down on top, I got lost and I thought the owner left it out here and went to town. So he starts to come out of the TP and as he did I was pointing my arrow at him, I said put your hands where I can see them which he did. This guy looked wicked crazy. Long scraggy black hair, big yellow teeth and blood all over his clothes, he was also muttering over and over I didn't do what they said I did. LOL just kidding. He looked like a 6 feet tall 55 year old balding white guy wearing glasses, dressed in street clothes, sneakers, no backpack, no jacket, no gear at all. He said he was with his friends who had killed an elk earlier that day and he got separated. I fired off a few questions trying to make heads or tails of his story but it went in a couple directions and didn't make much sense, something was not right. As I was questioning him he just started walking away. I am like hey you can't go without a light, I have a spare light and you can just put it at the junction of the main road and I'll find it but the dude just kept walking away. Now this place is a rocky SOB and the nights at the time were super dark until about 2am, a person would not do well trying to walk around without a light. So the dude started walking away and wouldn't take any help, at that point I thought oh shit check your gear. I quickly go in the TP and notice that all my stuff had been moved from where I had placed them and then I see that my dinner water was gone and the fare wasn't on top of my sleeping bag he was in the darn thing. I ran out of the TP and shouted some things towards his direction, I was basically out of water and not happy about him drinking my last water for dinner, I know he probably needed it but I needed it as well, I had just covered a bunch of miles that day plus I had been out there busting my ass for 11 days. To wrap this story up, I cleaned my gear the best I could because just the thought of someone in my bag bothered me very much, I had some wet wipes and paper towels but even after that I still felt violated. Now this guy was out there in the darkness and probably wasn't very far away so I left my light on inside the TP then sat about 20 yards away just watching and listening for about an hour in case he came back, I didn't get much rest that night. This would have happened in the late 90s. My dad and I decided to duck hunt a marsh not too far from the town he lived in. It was a good spot and late in the season, so we got there real early to get a good spot. As I remember it, nobody else was there. So we walk in a couple hundred yards and proceed tossing out deeks in the dark. We weren't talking initially but both noted the lack of sound coming from the refuge, which we know is loaded with ducks and geese. There is a smaller marsh straight south about 2 miles and birds generally fly between the two places in the morning. As we were finishing with decoys I notice a point of light going in a huge square pattern off in the distance. I figure above that other marsh. Pointed it out to my dad and said why would someone be up lighting fireworks today, at 4am? We kind of shrugged but continue to watch it. This light was like a sparkler in the dark. It was a point of light changing color from blue, to yellow, 
to green and had a kind of trailing effect like someone writing a letter with a sparkler in the dark. Then it switched to doing a triangle shape and changing from red to pink to purple. It sped up and continued doing this for what seemed like forever but was probably no more than a minute or two. Then it just got dark again. We just kind of said that was weird and went to grass in a couple spots on shore. We get sat down to wait for daylight and notice off in the horizon to our east the entire horizon had a similar point of light alternating the reddish colors, then the bluish colors, then back again. It would light up and shut off, then move to another spot and flash and so on and so on to make a checkerboard pattern. It was doing this at a crazy speed and working its way back and forth to the west and toward us. It moved faster and faster until it was seemingly just across the pond and it suddenly stopped. It was completely dark for a second and then it was like a super bright flash of white light lit up the whole world like an asteroid and flew over our head from east to west. Never made a sound the entire time. The weird thing about this whole story is that at the time, we didn't really say anything to each other. It was weird to say the least, you'd think we would have been talking about it. In fact, we never said a thing about it, even though I still think about it, until a couple years ago after a few drinks on Christmas. We both recall it the same way. And both find it weird how nonchalantly we acted after it. I have no idea what that was. I didn't see a ship or aliens or something. It definitely wasn't Northern Lights, I have seen those. But I can't explain it. Our one-year wedding anniversary was April 17, 2000. Bob rented a car because the Jeep was in the shop. After dinner, he surprised me by taking me up to our favorite bigfooting spot. We took the Gaudyville Road. It was nearing dusk and we approached the freshly logged area where we had found possible tracks a couple of weeks before. Bob suddenly stops the car and points to the embankment on the right. We stop a lot along our drives in the woods in order to check impressions. They rarely amount to anything. But this night, we hit the jackpot. We had no camera with us, since the drive was a surprise, so we went back two nights later and took photos. There were six impressions in all, covering a distance of about 20 feet, going up an embankment. The stride, as measured from heel to toe, was three and a half feet uphill and Bob can barely match it. The prints were 14 feet long and about five feet wide. There were no toe details. The Gaudyville area has a history of sighting and footprint reports. A friend who works in the local grocery store told us that he and a friend were hunting up there a few years ago and found tracks. Another friend claims that his mom kept horses just off of the Cottage Grove Lorraine Road and that she heard screams coming from the Gaudyville area which spooked her horses. Spring of 2020, early May. I was bear hunting in a new area and hiking up a trail. There had been some traffic from the week before that I could see. I had made it around a mile when I distinctly heard a little kid sobbing the word mom. I froze, it was barely first light and there were no cars at the trailhead. First thought was a cat or something worse. I read far too much of this crap, I thought about leaving but also thought, what if a kid and his mom went out and something happened? I called out several times but no response. Must have been an animal I thought. I continued working my way up the trail chuckling at myself and thinking about how paranoid I am. I hadn't made it 50 yards when I heard it again but louder. Mom. I immediately started walking towards the sound and yelling that I was on my way and to wave their arms because I can't see them. I stopped after maybe another 50 yards to listen. I hadn't heard anything back in response? It has to be a cat. I decide to wait and watch for a while. About 30 minutes go by and nothing. I'm thinking about how I need to get going and how stupid I am following something around like that. Mom again, my blood ran cold. It was very close and it sounded just like a little kid. I yell again and slowly walk ahead. I put my back against a tree and listen. Maybe another half hour goes by. Then, right above me, mom I dropped while pointing my rifle straight above me. 
I was shaking so bad. I can't see anything. I just keep looking and then the slightest breeze comes through and again mom. It was a small tree leaning into the tree I had leaned against. Every time the wind blew it would make the sound. To get to the deer stand I sit and I have to walk through a small path in the woods from the drive I park on and then turn on to the field edge lining the woods. I walk the field probably 100 yards or so before I turn back into the woods and walk in probably 40 yards to the stand. As I turned on to the field I hear steps just inside the woods. Definitely something with four legs. Pitch black so turn on my headlamp and look. Don't see a thing thinking my head is playing tricks on me. Start walking again and whatever it is starts walking as well. Step for step. Stop look again. Nothing. This went on for about 50 yards and then it stopped. I kept going to my stand not looking back but kept a hand on my side arm, was bow hunting at the time. Didn't hear it again. Sat all morning and saw nothing. Went in for some lunch and it started snowing around that time. Came back out around 3 and as I start walking through the path to the field I notice there are bear tracks along the path and then veer off into the woods. Not sure if it was the bear pacing me or what but definitely made my walk out of my stand uneasy that evening after dark. We do have some wolves in the area but they are a rare sight. That's always in the back of my mind. I've worked as a paramedic or firefighter for 10 plus years, and I always laugh when people tell me I'm crazy for hunting in the middle of nowhere, be afraid of animals, etc. I always laugh and tell them the crap I've seen people do always worries me more than the mostly predictable behavior of animals. I have two stories, one hunting, one non. I'll tell the hunting as it's the thread. I live in upstate New York and we frequently get lied to about what kind of animals are here. The local DEC has a long history of introducing predators and denying their existence until it's blatantly obvious. So this year my dad and I are bow hunting. We meet up and are walking out just before dark, just wanted to do an afternoon stalk hunt together like when I was a kid, I was lead and coming over a knoll that I have shot a lot of nice deer out of including a good buck last year. Suddenly my dad, who is steps behind me is hissing coyote I turn and look and I can't see anything. He then tells me you're looking right at it in my mind I'm looking for a coyote like I've seen my whole life. Scraggly narrow face with brownish white colors. The first thing I saw was the eyes. Wild, yellow eyes connected to a black face with a huge head and almost silver mane. I grew up with German Shepherds and this dog was easily 90-100 plus pounds, not 30-40 pounds like most of the coyotes I've encountered, but was most certainly not a house pet. We also were miles from anyone's house and on private land. I've never had an animal look at me like that before. It was not afraid and definitely was sizing me up. More predatory than I've ever had a black bear look at me. So as I was changing arrows, was not about to send a $35 iron will at it, my bow release hit my bow limb and the loud metallic clang and sent the dog running. We both stood for a moment not saying anything and my dad goes you're gonna think I'm crazy, but I think that was. A wolf I finished his sentence before he could. My dad said he was watching a pine lot just to our left and saw the dog coming running out at us, stopping about 40 yards away. I never even heard the thing. It was as though it was hunting us, not just a random encounter where we crossed paths. I told a few co-workers about it and they all said I was crazy, then a few weeks later my buddy sent me this picture of a guy he knows that hunts about 20 minutes from I was. DEC told him it was a Kai dog. I'm not so sure about that. You guys have more experience with wolves than I do, but to me, that looks like what I saw, and that is a wolf in my book. Just remember this one. About 15 years ago I was at a buddy's place and he has a friend over. He starts telling me what a great bow hunter his friend is and we start talking hunting, 
A few beers later he tells us about a strange thing once that scared him so bad he ran off and left his bow and swore he'd never go back in there. Now, my friend and I start giving him a hard time and he starts to get angry, telling us it was translucent and had glowing eyes and was about 8 feet tall. He was obviously dead serious, and my friend and I being normal guys proceeded to make fun of him. About six months later this guy died suddenly of a brain aneurysm he didn't know he had. Someone told me when people have a brain aneurysm they sometimes hallucinate and see things that are totally real to them. We felt pretty bad after we found out. Me and my girlfriend, now wife, did a road trip out to Haida Gwaii back in 2017. We walked on the ferry and rented an older Ford truck on the island. The whole island kinda gave me an eerie feeling, just being in this weird overgrown rainforest environment that I was not used to. Lots of people seemingly squatting on crown land everywhere as well. Anyway, after a day of crabbing, we jumped in the truck and were looking for somewhere to set up a camp. We had been just setting up down old logging roads. We took a turn off the highway onto one and kept following it, thinking we might get a good spot with a view. The trail kept getting narrower and narrower the farther we went. Way the hell back in there, we hit a small clearing, with a very narrow trail exiting the back. It seemed like a good spot and the trail looked like it would lead to a river. There were no tracks into the clearing so it seemed we would have some privacy. We got out of the truck and it was just impenetrable regrowth on every side of the clearing, and I was getting that hair standing up on the back of my neck feeling. Kind of a hills have eyes feeling. The sun was going down and the thick brush accelerated it. We decide to check out the narrow trail down to the river but I get maybe 5 steps down the trail and glance down and sitting in the middle of the trail, on top of the grass and soft soil, is a single kid's cat's eye marble. It looked like it could have been dropped moments earlier. Freaked me out for some reason and we got out of there. I was on a woods park in Canada with other exchange students. I had to go to the restroom and they were a bit far away from where we were, another peer decided to go as well, when we arrived there was no one around, one single restroom in the middle of nowhere, I told my friend joking, if a bears comes out we are so dead, there's no one around to help us, we both laugh and just like that we both saw in small fraction of a second a big brown pelt coming out from the woods, I didn't have to look a at it completely I knew what it was and in my mind only the word run pop out, it was a very primal response I started running the fastest I have run ever in my life, I wasn't in control of my body. We both kept running non-stop, for what it seems like 5 minutes straight. Then senses came back to me and I stop, the other student told me to keep running and I told him if the bear was behind us, it would have got us already, we cannot outrun it. We made it with the rest of the group, told them what happened, we think we saw a bear but we are not sure since we just started running, 10 minutes later some bikers run into us and told us there was a report of a bear nearby. This takes place a little over a year ago, some weekday around midnight in central Ohio. I want to preface this by saying I'm not particularly religious nor do I necessarily believe in ghosts or the supernatural, but something weird happened that night that I can't explain. This story is 100% true, except for some certain details have been changed to keep some element of anonymity. So let's call it Wednesday, as I don't quite remember what day it was, around 5 pm. A friend tells me about an abandoned building her friend showed her the day before, and asks if I want to check it out sometime. Of course I do, but, being the curious soul that I am, I wanted to go that night, whereas she could not. I ask a few other friends to make the journey with me, and all decline either because they aren't into the whole B and E or trespassing thing, or they're otherwise busy. I decide to go alone. This isn't something I usually do, as I have a few close friends who are just as experienced as I am in urbex, and the three of us are an excellent team when it comes to stuff like this. I've gone to places alone before, but never with this little research done on the area, 
I couldn't find anything on the internet about this place. I decided to say F it and go, as I'm not one to back down from an opportunity like this. So I grab my bag, flashlight, camera, and I'm on my way. I tell someone exactly where I'll be in case something happens, and to call the police if I stop responding for a few hours. I arrive about a mile from the location, and start my journey. Most of it is woods and creeks, but the last bit is a dilapidated parking lot. I get to the lot, and see not one, but two buildings to explore. This is turning out better than expected. I choose to go in the building on the left, as it looks more easily accessible, and start looking for a way in. Around the back, I find some metal stairs that have been overgrown and look like they're close to collapsing. I decide to take my chances and slowly climb them, keeping my eyes on each step to make sure I'm not going to fall through or anything. I climb the stairs just fine, and get to the second floor. The door is closed, but opens just fine, no padlock or anything. I'm in. Looking around with my flashlight, this place is in better shape than a lot of abandoned buildings around my location. Part of the roof has been caved in from a tree falling, but everything else looks pretty good. I walk around the entrance room a bit more, and realize where I am. There are note cards all over the floor with basic information on people. First and last names, address, DOB, diagnosis code, and inpatient or outpatient with a check next to one. I'm in a psychiatrist's office. Nice. I love these kinds of places, and insane asylums are my favorite places to explore. I have a seat and look through some of the patient cards. I look up diagnosis codes and try to get a profile of who the person was. No particular reason, just interesting stuff. After a bit of this, I stand up and continue my journey. Now, the way this building is set up is basically a giant letter I with the entrance stairs I used at the bottom, and a boarded up main entrance in the center. The only set of stairs to the first floor are at the top of the eye. I look around some of the second floor room, and don't really see much. Mostly empty offices with a chair or a lamp in the room. I do, however, find a room that I assume was for children to play in while their parents were seeing a psychiatrist. It had a sandbox and some toys laying around, but I noticed someone took some of the sand and drew a pentagram on the floor with it. I chuckled. After seeing everything I needed to see on the second floor, I go down to the first floor. The stairs are steep and winding, but very sturdy. I check the door to make sure it won't lock behind me and make my way down. The first floor is basically just a long hallway with rooms along one side and a reception area on the other. I start checking out the rooms on the right side. After a few interesting rooms, break room, kitchen, storage closet with Christmas stuff inside. I come across this office with something interesting on the desk. Before getting to that, I want to pose a question, why does every abandoned building have Christmas stuff in it? Like seriously, 90% of the buildings I've been to have fake trees, wreaths, garland, or something like that. What gives? Anyway, back to the show. So on the desk in this office is a set of post-it notes. On these notes are messages that make me feel a little uneasy. They go like this, he is planning on letting the hostage out. 4.30. Do we have staff accountability yet? 4.35. Can Officer John escort Jane out of the room? 4.42. If you want a picture of the notes, I have one but I'll have to edit the names out. Just let me know. Anyway, as soon as I see this, I snap a picture. I take one on my phone too so I can send it to a friend. This is where things get weird. As soon as I take the picture on my phone, the entire building starts shaking violently. My first thought was earthquake. Now, I'm not speaking from experience, but I have to assume an old, dilapidated building isn't the type of place you want to be during an earthquake, so I start to make my way back out, only this time, rather briskly. As I get upstairs, I noticed the door I propped open to keep from locking me down there was now only slightly ajar. The small piece of metal I propped it open with was nowhere to be seen, although I didn't look very hard. 
As I'm walking out or jogging my way out through this gyrating building, I noticed that every door I had opened upstairs was now closed tight. What the hell? Was someone effing with me? I didn't want to stick around and find out. As I was leaving the larger room I entered through, I noticed the door I came in was shut. I pulled on it, but nothing. The thing wouldn't open. Now, I'm pretty calm under pressure, but this was beginning to be too much. I was starting to freak out a bit. I made the quick decision to force my way out. Typically, I hate doing any damage to a building I'm exploring and usually try to avoid it whenever possible, but this was a special case. I wanted the F out of there. Kick the door down? I've done it before, but this door didn't seem like it was going anywhere. It opens the other way and was very sturdy. Guess I'm kicking out the press board covering the window next to it. Luckily, these windows were huge and low enough where I could get a foot on the wood. Two kicks and the wood gives out. The building is still shaking, so I made a hasty getaway down the stairs. Then the part that still spooks me, as soon as my feet hit the ground from the last step, the building stopped shaking. Completely. Everything around me was silent. I must have been going crazy. I know what I felt, and I know what I saw. I got out of there and didn't look back. A few weeks later, my crew freed up and wanted me to show them the place, even after I told them this story. Oddly enough, every other time I've been there, nothing out of the ordinary has happened. I'm not sure what happened or why, and I'm not one to believe it was a ghost or anything, but I'd be lying if I said it didn't shake me up a bit. Was it just a well-timed earthquake? Possibly, but I heard nothing about it on the news the next day, and nobody else said they felt or heard anything. Any insight on this whether it be spiritual, geological, or anything really would be wonderful to know. Well, that's just one of my many stories, and actually the most recent. Let me know if you want any more. About a year ago, I was out hiking late at night. Now, I wasn't actually alone here, I had a friend with me. It was around 11pm at this time, and I'm consistently getting the feeling that someone is watching me. I'm turning around, checking behind me, and my friend is laughing along because I'm known to be paranoid. It's about an hour into this hike that I start to see this figure distantly, always at the edge of my vision, or just where the dark starts to get pitch. This huge, white, deathly thin and hairless figure. First time I see it, I scream, my friend looks, sees nothing. This continues for a good few hours, I keep seeing this thing standing, or sometimes running, and it's getting closer. It honestly felt like I was in some sort of horror movie, with this creature appearing around me, always getting closer. My friend finds this hilarious by the way, and is laughing and joking, simply because he hasn't seen this thing, assured that I'm either making it up, or hallucinating. This is all fine and dandy, I'm terrified, and we're on our way back to where we were staying. We start walking through this really small farming village, if you live in England you know the kind. Fields, cows, Victorian-style buildings. Anyway, there's this one building that's been a school since the Victorian period, but it's been renovated, modern technology added and such. We're walking along the road, outside the gate, and I happen to look up at the roof, and there this figure is, clutching into the chimney of the building, and staring right at me. I freak out, and essentially force my friend to look at it. As before, he doesn't see it, but at the moment he looks at it, the alarm of the building goes off, which he hears, and we just get away from there ASAP.